Hello and welcome to the Eating 1871 podcast with me, Jeremy Inson. I'm talking to the people involved and bringing you all the news from Eating Trailfinders Amateur Men's Section. I hope you enjoy the show. Tonight we are meeting someone very, very important uh, for getting the players on the pitch and keeping them on the pitch, all being well. It's not a coach, it's not a player. Tonight's guest, today's guest is head physio Matthew Nice. Good evening, Matt. Good evening. And uh, what's the state of the squad? We're all, what, five or six games into the season? How are they or how many injuries have we got? How many players are coming back? So, good news. I think we've got four, four first-team players come back this weekend. Um in time for a game against Hendon, but the the real fixture that we've been working towards is London Scottish the week after, which seems already to be the sort of title decider of, of the league. So uh, working towards that, which is exciting. This season, I think we've been blessed actually, just off the top of my head, I don't think we've had anything serious or long-term, um, which compared um compared to last season is a big change where i think already we had sort of three or four long-term injuries where the players didn't come back until the new year so um yeah it's given us a lot more depth into the first squad and a lot more competition this level what are the sort of main injuries people get compared to um, obviously the premiership level that we hear about yeah i i think it's it's quite similar things really so you've got head concussions um which unfortunately tends to be down to poor tackle technique. Um, We have a lot of shoulders um, and then mostly knees and ankles are the the big ones. Uh, You then tend to get sort of the innocuous thumbs and fingers of putting them in places where you shouldn't. Um, But yeah, that's, that's generally, it is a real head to toe, head to toe job. (laughs) All parts covered. I think is the way you look at it. Now, of course we play on the 3G artificial, a few other teams do. Do you how much of a difference of the injuries you, do you see that people pick up on the artificial turf as opposed I, to grass? So, very anecdotally, I, I get players say that, unfortunately, sometimes they feel their, their studs get caught and there's less give in the 4G than there is to the grass. Um, whether we have the numbers that actually prove that or not, I'm, I, I don't really think so. Um, I think, as with all things, something slightly different to the players and it, it gives you a good excuse of, of why you're not playing for a few weeks, if, if that was the reason. <laughs> How did you get involved with the club? What brought you down here? What, are it, you, have you got a bit of a background in rugby? It's quite funny, really, um, how I started. So, yeah, I've been, I've been a very keen uh, rugby player since I was about, I don't know, 11 when I got introduced to it. Um, Which club? Which club? Uh, so played for school and then played for Richmond, uh, played for London Scottish, London Welsh, all around that that side. Uh, Twickenham, I think I was out for them for a while. Um, so all around that area. And then uh, my how I got involved in this club was uh, my godmother is the mother of a player for the Minis. And... Okay. Um, knew that they the physio back in 2014 um was looking for a bit of help um 
so I qualified in I think July 2014 came down the next week after qualifying um, to offer my services as a volunteer and then I think three weeks later that physio moved to Australia and I stepped up and started physioing so sort of <laughs> walked into walked into the job <laughs> Works and out then, quite well and then yeah I've been here ever since I think this is my ninth season if my maths are correct there um yeah. where did you go where did you qualify what what are your qualifications if i may be so bold um well i qualified in sports therapy and rehab back in 2014 okay. um, which university university of ue in bristol okay. uh university west of london Fun west town. of west of england <laughs> west um and then in 20 18 i started my masters at st mary's uh, in pre-reg physio uh, it's two-year course and then graduated in 2020 is that right might be might have been a year later actually well that's pretty that's pretty impressive guys you're, you're well covered as you said yeah head to toe uh, you mentioned your own plan i mean you have the odd cameo and people are surprised <laughs> you are as the song says he's just a physio he's just a physio but you're not, are you? You're a, you're a counter-attacking threat with the ball in hand. You ever feel like getting back out there on a more permanent basis? I would love to. Uh, unfortunately, my body doesn't quite agree. You're listening to the Ealing 1871 podcast. Bleed green! A few years ago, you you, uh, you were involved in one of the slightly higher-profile clubs in 1871. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Who was it? Um, so, back in... Uh, so how a master's pre-reg course um, at St. Mary's works is the first year is all academic um, and just giving you your sort of sound education with that. If you pass all those exams, the second year is purely placement and dissertation. Um, they had an offer in the summer after the first year of that Harlequins Rugby Club were looking for a placement student for the full season um so instead of doing a six-week short placement which is the standard for physios um i would do i think what would that be an eight-month placement um but obviously with harlequins um so that was too too good an opportunity um we went through uh, applications and interviews um and i think out of yeah four universities i was luckily the the chosen one um and was with them, I think, in the end for seven and a half months until, unfortunately, COVID hit, uh, which then scuppered the end of the season for myself. And uh, and I think I actually wasn't even able to say goodbye to the squad, unfortunately, because obviously the uh, the chance of uh, transmission back then was was so high. But yeah, what was it like? I mean, you must have learned a hell of a lot, and and sort of seen seen how it's done at the top level. I mean, what sort of stood out for you? Yeah, I think. So I think there's like some general standards of how long certain injuries take to come back. And I think obviously that's in general population and that's with general management. I think the thing which stood out to me is there were certain injuries where obviously at Harlequins, you've got 24-hour access to players and 24-hour access to imaging and like the high-end sort of equipment of game readies, which is like how you ice and heat things. Um, and obviously, yeah, the 
head of medical and the, the physios, the doctors, um, the masseuses, uh, there's such a range of sports science. Um, so they can sort of speed those things up, which that I found, I found that pretty, pretty cool. Of course, one thing that you always hear from physios is they talk about tape. How much tape did Harlequin choose on match day? <laughs> a lot of tape. Um, I think you said it was one per the other was it six people just for taping up players before a match yeah yeah so um i think it would range from yeah four four to six massage beds set up just taping the squad prior to a game um and yeah i think probably the equivalent for us it's difficult to put even put a number on it just the tape they'd use on a training day um would be more than we use on several match days um, let alone a match day where obviously everything has to be perfect and and you want it as pristine as possible. Concussion eh? at this level, you know, we hear about it. We see there's mm-hmm. Steve Thompson, Alex Popham, quite high profile. It's yeah. very much in the news. At this level, obviously a lesser extent, and, and, but how how I think prevalent there's, it is. There's interesting there's interesting research going on, especially with saliva at the moment, of being able to test instantly test someone if they are categorically concussed via their saliva which obviously giving a yes or no rather than at the moment obviously it's a a recognize and remove at the moment and um if you're not sure or if you're in doubt you're removing that player um which obviously with the best interest of the player you've got one brain you need to look after that 100% behind that but Potentially, you might be taking a player off when actually they're fine. Um, but I think that's far more the, the tiny percentage rather than the majority. But it, it seems like there's some interesting tests going on with mouth guards and with saliva where you might be able to sort of test a bit more um, instantaneously and understand sort of the forces that that player has gone through, especially with some of the gum guard stuff there. I mean, this level, like we were saying, if- it's probably not comparable to the professional level mm. we hear about, but how 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 important is it that people at this level, you know, you sort of Saturday afternoon, a decent amateur level, are aware of of concussions and the damage it can do? Well, yeah, I think it's it's obviously very important because of the sort of uh, quite life altering changes it can potentially have, and um, obviously you mentioned some high profile. Um, ex-players that have obviously obviously suffering um, post-rugby. I think we try and encourage all of our players to go through the head case training on the RFU, um, so at least they're aware themselves. um, Because obviously there has been a tendency in the past of players trying to hide injuries, trying to hide concussions because they know it's time off and time out and it rules them out for a certain amount of time. So... I think that whole sort of ethos is now changing and actually it's becoming far more understood of bloody hell, you took a big hit there. Actually, I need some time off because my head's not right um, rather than get back out there and, and play on. What's been the best thing so far being involved with 1871? Oh, you can't wrap up with that. That's hard. That's hard. Um, well, let's throw a little tricky one in at the end. <laughs> I think seeing how it's developed over the years um, and getting into the league structure, I think was a big change, big, uh, big move for us. Um, I think it gives a bit more purpose, a bit more reason to playing and, and just how the, the squad sort of developed over that time of um, obviously 
I've been here nine years. I was looking after some sort of, I guess, yeah, like I worked with the under 18s and I've now seen those under 18s grow from teenagers into men. And, and I really like that and being able to sort of vaguely shape and mold them and, and assist them with, with that. Um, I sort of, I think that's, that gives me a good, good feeling. Thank you very much for chatting, Matt. It's been great to chat and, and find out all about what you do here at the club. Cheers. All the best. All the best for the rest of the season. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all the usual social channels. And remember, bleed green. Bleed green.